0: Just screaming (laughs) at (laughs) him. Hey! Hey!
1: Margo, stop it right now. (laughs) (laughs) What you don't know is that I positioned my chair to be in the sun because it's kind of cool out. And then the dog comes up and takes a nice, hot, steamy poop right next to me. Oh. Got a whole yard.
2: That's so sweet.
1: Yeah, Mom. Isn't Mark just such a ray of sunshine
0: this morning? (laughs) Look at him. No, like literally, look at the rays coming over him. (laughs)
2: <laughs> welcome to another episode of well seasoned the podcast i am stacy
0: and i'm your Snowy patrick there it is
2: okay. hey mark how you doing hey today i'm with mark because i got no time for patrick mark kaplan for those of you that don't know, do is the
0: third wheel on this tricycle of life with Stacy and Patrick. <laughs> he also happens to be our agent. That's right. Uh
2: huh. Uh huh. <laughs> He's also Patrick Snowy. a Goose.
0: <laughs> yes, I'll be Maverick. Okay, I'll, I'll go there. Oh, <laughs> America.
1: <laughs> America. <laughs> Wait, stop. Fun fact: Patrick and I lived in the same small town when we were kids, and had no idea. Correct. Yeah. We, there's like
2: only four of you guys in that town. I don't understand how you didn't have any idea.
0: Yes. We grew up in Americas, Georgia, a very small town in southern Georgia, only a town with like a few thousand people. And then all of a sudden we end up in South Florida and I'm at a random MPI event. I and and somebody says, oh, there's another person that's here from Georgia. And I said, oh, really? And I met Mark. And he's from the same exact small town and we knew some of the same people. Absolutely insane. Small world.
2: I mean, it literally doesn't make sense. You guys were one of five people in a town.
0: Yes. Well, Mark was definitely one of five, maybe the only Jewish person in the entire town.
2: Probably the only.
0: Probably the only. I
1: didn't even know what a Jewish person was until I came. Uh -uh, stupid.
0: (laughs) Anyway, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you. This is our very last podcast of the year. So we're going to say goodbye to 2020 and kick off 2021 with you.
1: Save the best for last.
2: Mark!
1: Is that a Tony (laughs) Braxton song? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm thinking that's what friends are for. Wrong song.
0: Wow. Wow. I'm not even sure what's going on anymore. I don't
2: know, but we're having a musical moment with this one. (laughs) It's Friday, y'all.
0: So, Mark. Why don't you go ahead and get us started and talk a little bit about your background, how you got started in the industry, where you're from, what you did.
2: Tell us who you is, who he is, what you doing. Tell us a little bit. Is he is or is he not?
1: I am Mark Kaplan. I was actually born and raised in Fort Lauderdale, and I moved to South Georgia when I was 14. Lived there till, I would say, a year or two after college. I was always destined to be in the hospitality industry. When I was in college, I became the director of catering for a 125-year-old historic hotel called the Windsor Hotel in America's Georgia. And from there, my career just kind of blossomed. While I was in college, my parents had decided that they wanted to move back to Florida. They ended up going to Tampa because that's where my mom was born and raised. And I followed with them and became the sales manager for Connie Duglin Specialty Linen. For those of you who don't know Connie Douglin, they are one of the largest specialty linen providers in the United States. They basically got specialty linen industry moving. And so I worked for them for a number of years. But while working for them, they had asked me if I wanted to move to South Florida to open up their South Florida division. And I never ever thought that my life would bring me back down to South Florida. So it's kind of funny how things play out that way. So I said, absolutely, I'll definitely go. And came down here in 2014. And through there, I was with Connie Douglas for three years. And then an industry friend of ours reached out to me and said that they're looking for someone to come and work for them in a destination management capacity. And through the years of being down here in Connie Douglin, I was always intrigued by the DMC world. I loved the corporate event side. Weddings, I worked in a lot of weddings because of the linen aspect and I quickly realized that weddings are not so much my forte. I liked corporate events because they're very black and white. There's no emotion behind the money. That's what I was saying. Yeah, there's no emotion. I liked that and I liked that I had really big budgets to play with and do really out of the box things. And so when the DMC world came calling, I jumped on it really quickly. That's where I've been since. What you just
0: said actually takes me back, too, because I did start in corporate and then I kind of moved around a little bit. But then I ended up in the wedding side working for a furniture company. And that's when Mark and I actually met. We actually ended up on the board of a National Association of Wedding Planners together. Oh, life. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I totally forget this, Mark. But your point is exactly that, because in furniture, I was dealing with both social events and corporate events. And I say the same thing to people still to this day. I would rather be doing corporate events wholeheartedly than social events because there's so much on the line for that person. That's their special day, their special moment or their kid's special moment or whatever the case may be. There's so much wrapped in there. I ain't got that much emotion to give. For corporate, it's like we just need to make sure it reflects the brand and it reflects our mission and the colors are right. Mm, That's right. The colors are very important in corporate. (laughs) But outside of that, when you go back to the social... In that company, when I was doing both, it was like the social events are not all the time, but for the most part, it would be for lesser money than the corporate. The corporates would have the bigger budgets. And I used to say, and it's still true in the furniture side, I would have a phone call with the bride a year out. And then I would start working with them. And I would have probably 70, 80 emails back and forth. Yeah, for real, man. I would have in person them coming into the showroom to check things out once or twice, maybe three times. Then you're on site and it's a very long day because it has to be perfect. But with a corporation, I meet you maybe two, three months out. We email back and forth, maybe three or four times. Contract is signed. I see you the day of, and then I peace out. So that's how I think about it as well, Mark. It's the same situation, the same experience
1: and you know, I was getting married this year. And so I became a little bit of a bridezilla. And so (laughs) I I had to, at one point, take a moment of reflection and realize like, look, I don't want to be the person that I didn't want to work with. So let's rein it back a little bit. And that's why the industry is so great because there are all those different personalities that make each facet of our industry run. And, my friend Stacy Feldman of Peacock Marketing, you know, she is a brilliant wedding planner, very high-end wedding planner. She has it. She has what it takes and she knows how to make it run. And I think that's what's so great about those two industries really coming together as one.
2: Wait, personal question for Stacy. You could take this out. What's the wedding plan now? My wedding plans? Yeah. So our
1: wedding plans have been basically canceled. We were getting married this past Labor Day at the East Hotel in Miami. It was going to be awesome. I know that. I basically held out for five years and came to my vendors and said, it's time for you <laughs> to pay up, right? <laughs> to pay up. We've had five years of relationship. <laughs> Definitely leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> so because of the pandemic, we postponed and we decided that we were going to get married May of 21. And then in the last couple of months, we had a revelation that Do we really need this big over-the-top extravagant wedding anymore? Not really. So instead, we took all the money that was going to go to the wedding and we bought a house. Preach. That's what I did. Smart move, because that house will pay back that wedding. That's right. We're getting married. We're going to go to the courthouse right after the new year. We're going to go to the courthouse and finalize it and solidify that. And we'll have a small family thing.
0: Let me know if you need a witness to sign. I'll be there. I might need some uplights, so I'm like...
2: (laughs) Magically, go up to the courthouse just
0: holding an LED light like <laughs> So when Mark was at one of his stops along his path, he worked at a company and it was a DMC and they had their own wireless up lights, whatever. And so he would show up to events that I was at and he would come up in conversation with people I was talking to, networking, and he would come up and say, you know, Patrick's great, whatever, but hey, if you need up lights, call me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So still to this day, even when we first started this call before you hopped on, Stacey. I literally said to Mark, hey, Mark, don't forget if you have any clients that are looking for virtual events or uplights, I'm here. <laughs>
2: uh-huh,
0: you <guys> such- <laughs> so if you're here, I was talking about uplights. There you go. You guys are in on the joke. It's, it's been ongoing for, I don't know, five or six years. <laughs>
2: you're the best.
0: You're the best. Yeah. That's the support I'm talking about. Speaking of support, obviously, the elephant of the room in 2020 is COVID and COVID. I guess from a DMC perspective, walk us through kind of the suckiness of the horrible March and then the toll it took on you, and maybe the positive things that you guys did
1: or or what you guys have done. So March twelfth will always be that fateful day that I woke up to—I don't know—like a million and a half dollars worth of lost business. We had a really amazing opportunity to be the DMC for a really good client for Super Bowl, big big beverage, beer beverage company. And I did multiple events for the week of Super Bowl with them, as well as a number of other clients that fit under that same umbrella, concerts and whatnot. So we were so thankful to have that before proverbial crap hit the fan. So that really saved our year. So come March, before COVID became what it was, I was on track to have the best year of my career towards the end of March, I was to exceed my sales goal, which would have provided just amazing benefits afterwards for the rest of the year. It was going to be a fantastic year. So come March 12th, I woke up to all that lost business. I go in the office and I close the door and I, I just cried because I didn't know what else to do. I was like, what's going on? What am I doing? So then as the months went on, everything was just still so up in the air. Nobody knew what was going on. Cancellation after cancellation. Our company was very fortunate that We didn't have as many cancellations as other DMCs. A lot of what we had were postponements and we were fine with that. We'd rather take the postponement versus the cancellation any day. So things became more grim and more grim. You know, we did get our PPP money, which was really great, but our ownership team had to make the unfortunate call to furlough the majority of our staff. Mm -hmm. Myself, our VP of sales and our owner are the only three that are currently working, but everybody else is still on furlough. We tried the virtual route virtual didn't really pan out much for us because our clients, they were being solicited by the same vendors virtually that we were going to use. And so how do I compete with that? You know, And we did a few things here and there, but it just wasn't something that stuck. And we felt that it really wasn't worth the time and energy to try to get those clients to come on board with it. So honestly, this whole past year, we've just been hanging on. We've been very fortunate that Our ownership team has been very wise with our company money, and we're still here. We're still going. Advantage is not going anywhere. That is something I'm proud to say. A lot of my industry colleagues in the DMC world, they have unfortunately all been let go, and I guess that's kind of the nature of the beast. In good times when you're a large DMC, it can be to your benefit, but in situations like this, we're very fortunate that we are the size that we are. We had 20 full-time employees, so we weren't small, but we weren't a multi-destination DMC like my competitors are. So in that regards, we're very fortunate to still be here.
2: And you know what? I think right now, it's the people who were financially wise during the times of surplus that are actually still making it through. It says a lot to those companies and a lot of learning (laughs) to do from them that they're still staying afloat.
1: It is. And I'm so fortunate. And I can't thank Jim Post, our owner, enough for keeping me on board and employed this year because my heart breaks for all my industry colleagues. It really does. Yeah. And I do believe that brighter times are ahead. You know, in the last three months, I've seen an uptick in RFPs, which has been really positive. Mm-hmm. I've got one program that I just sent a contract out yesterday for March, and they are adamant that they are coming. Come hell or high water, they are yes. coming. And I and we welcome
2: you with open arms. I know, right? <laughs> People are dying to get back out. They really are. People want to be together. And I totally understand. There was a point at the beginning, not speak for myself, with all the traveling I was doing and living in airports and on planes. Because, you know, there was that time when we thought this would be all over in June. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, this sucks, but we can survive two months. And I was like, okay, I'm truly enjoying being home and going through all that. And then June became july august september and you're like wait a whole wait a minute like and now we're talking about january and we're like wait can we do events in march so i am excited to see that people are getting back out there and doing events yeah just trying they want to and what my prediction
1: is that we'll see are the smaller events the 65 to to 100 to 150 size programs a lot of the RPs I've gotten are group sizes between 45 and 65. 65 seems to be the number right now. So even when there is a mass vaccine for everybody, the thing that we've got to remember is that the hotels are still under strict rule about how many people they can accommodate. And even though you've got these hotels here in South Florida that can accommodate five, six, seven, ten thousand 10,000 people, their ballrooms are going to be capped. So the group sizes that we're going to see are definitely going to be smaller. But I definitely think that come the end of the year, beginning of 2022, hopefully those, some of those restrictions are going to be loosened to where larger scale programs can happen.
2: Yeah. I guess my question, because you kind of touched on it is what are you seeing in terms of trends at the hotels? We know bigger space for smaller events is one thing. Are you seeing increasing in pricing because of that too? From a hotel standpoint, I'm not seeing so much price increases
1: as I am more stringent guidelines and deposit dates and contract terms. I feel like the hotels are kind of in a situation where I think you'll see a little bit of higher room rates, but I think food and beverage minimums will kind of level out. And there's going to be a lot more concessions given to get people to book in hotels. So I think that's where we're headed. As far as my world goes, we're not raising our rates as much as we are contemplating as an industry whole of DMCs moving forward, how do we, you know, all the time that we spend on proposals, we spend an enormous amount of time and we don't bill for that time. And meeting planner A will solicit three DMCs for very extensive proposals that a lot goes into. And then two of those DMCs don't win that business. So how do we protect ourselves financially moving forward? And that's something that we're discussing right now as an industry whole. Can something be done and if it can be done can we get the support of all the dmcs because it's going to take everybody agreeing to protect us more
0: are you saying to have the ability to charge for a proposal
1: sort of either have a billable hours or say that x proposal is at no cost but should this not go through there's a x amount of fees that are involved with the time that's been spent so i don't know what that's going to look like
0: to me it's a valid argument but i've heard this same thing from agencies as well from the agency side, because just like DMCs, their proposals are very in-depth and very intense to put together. But then you put out your proposal and maybe you have two different looks in your proposal or two different themes, whatever. And then company B and company C are also. So then the end company has these six options to look at. But maybe they get the feel for you and they like you and they like your theme, but then they like a few of these things over here from this theme and now they're grabbing them and putting Uh, them in yours, which I understand from the client perspective, but they didn't pay anything for those thoughts or those ideas. So I totally get where you're coming from. And I've heard this exact same argument. Well, you
2: talked about that with your stage set designs. You do these huge proposals with these huge set designs, which are not easy. And your proposals even include motion video to it for some of them. And then... Do you guys watch Fargo? No. The TV show? No.
0: At the beginning of the TV show and and the movie, too, they say that all of these things are real true events, but to protect the dead or whatever, all the names have been changed. And then they go through a crazy scenario. So let me give a scenario, and I'm going to change all of the names here. Uh -uh. Oh, boy. There was one proposal that I put together last year, and this was not for you, Stacey, if that's what you're thinking I'm going. I'm like, just say the name. Say it. This was a proposal (laughs) for a very large biopharmaceutical type company and they asked us for some stage design. so we knew this one of the main executives because they had moved from one company to another and they asked us to come in and bid and their meeting planning department at this other company already had somebody that they were currently working with but they tried to bring us in at the last minute so we knew exactly what this executive wanted because we had relationships with them before so we designed a set specific to him and so we give it to the meeting planner who again is teamed up with another production company agency. So they have our drawings and our sketches of the event. And then we learn from our middleman agency who we're working with here that the other company put forth a stage design and we looked at them and comparison, they were identical to what our drawings were. Now, the thing was that the meeting planner took ours and said, oh, this company has a relationship with this new executive and handed them over to that other company. And that other company drew them up and literally gave them the, the same... It could not be a more unique stage design and a very unique scenario. And literally, even where we put the person on the stage was exactly the same as where they put the person on the stage. Like, I mean, it was down to the team. They ended up going with the other company, but they didn't use our stage design. But they ended up going with them because it was too late in the process because they had already started with them when we came in. We were yeah. kind of a light afterthought because of this executive coming. But it was the most nuts thing. We literally... Talk to our client and we had to end up having a phone call with that executive and saying, hey, listen, we put forth this proposal and it was not right. Look, this is what we proposed. We sent it to your meeting planner that works under you. And then this is what the other company. So clearly they got our vision and they were sent this. But yeah, it was the same thing. My boss was kind of heated about it. That's a proprietary thing. We spent time, money, energy on putting that together. And it
1: happens in my world all the time. All the time. All the time. They take our proposals and they give it to another DMC and says, can you come in under their pricing? And if you can, Mm -hmm. you can the business. And we know when that happens. And there's been a couple of times where I know that that happened. And I actually went to that event that night of to see if it turned out the way that my proposal looked. And in one particular case, not too long ago, I show up and I'm like, oh my God, this is my event that I proposed to this client. And I found the client and I said something to them and I probably shouldn't, And it was, you know, I would, but a lot of energy and a lot of time went into this proposal for them to just totally steal our ideas. And when I confronted them, they were totally flabbergasted and whatever, you know, it, 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 (sighs) it's, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. It is just be honest with your vendors and But that's what we're trying to protect ourselves now, and especially from the financial aspect is what things are going to look like moving forward.
2: Yeah, and this is the time to do it, right, is to kind of reevaluate your business and what you were doing right versus what you can improve upon and kind of go from there. So what do you think has worked positively this year?
1: I think the support that we've had from our clientele has kept us in a positive mindset. I think that what we've been able to do financially has really been a positive impact. And we are just trying to stay in our clients' minds. We stay in communication with them. We're not soliciting them for business because we know the business isn't there, but we're just keeping in contact with our clients and our vendors and our hotels, letting them know that we're in the same boat. We're here for you. Just being a shoulder mostly.
2: Especially with 2021 coming and all the changes that's happening within the industry, within contracts, within event trends, I think it's even more important now to lean on our DMC partners. You guys have the inside knowledge. Can you talk a little bit about that? Tell everyone why you're important.
1: (laughs) Yeah, especially in this day and age that we're in. Prior to COVID, DMCs are super important because we're basically the general contractors of an event. You're coming to a destination that you've never done an event at, and you need dining, and you need venues, and you need transportation. You can get on the internet, and you can Google as much as you want, and there's going to be tons of restaurants, and tons of vendors, and tons of caterers, but how do you know that those vendors, and restaurants, and caterers are vetted, and will give you the quality product that you're expecting? We have done that process. We have vetted. We have vendors and partners that have been in place for years that we know are going to live up to the expectations of our clients. And those simple reasons alone is why DMCs are important. You're operating a program of 500 people. You as the meeting planner, do you really have time to be checking to make sure that the restaurant's set and ready to go for your dine-around? Do you really have time to be in the ballroom setting up for your awards gala, making sure that the vendors are there on time, making sure the linens are the color that you order or the centerpieces look (laughs) like you're expecting them? I'm exhausted already. Right? right? (laughs) So that's what we do. We give you peace of mind and we alleviate a huge stressor for you to be able to operate the internal aspects of the programs to make sure that everything runs smoothly. We make sure that you look really good to your higher ups and to your bosses and to whoever is going to be at that program. I've had clients call me in the middle of their programs saying that we booked restaurant XYZ and they totally dropped the ball and we don't know what to do because our CEO is going to be at this dinner. Can you help? Please help, help, help. Hotel. Yeah, We come running to the rescue and I'm happy to get those calls because it really does, it makes me feel good that the hotel- trusted. that I'm trusted that the hotel recommended to call us because they know that we can get the job done in an emergency. Right, right. And so that's really what our value is. That and Uplights. That and Uplights. Oh my God. God. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we've talked a little bit about
0: the DMC aspects and everything, why don't you talk a little bit about the event that you ended up doing? I wasn't invited to the event and I'm not holding this against either one of you guys, <laughs> but the little DMC kind of roundtable event that you guys had a few months ago.
2: Yes. So I was I was invited. <laughs> yeah,
0: I tried to be on there. And Mark was like, well, Patrick, mm, we're just going to have Stacy on there as a special guest speaker. It doesn't matter. I was invited. And not you. See, well, what, what had happened was... <laughs> <laughs> I think what you mentioned earlier, Mark, when you were talking about the sense of community and everything, I think that it goes beyond just the clients. What about the sense of community within the DMC industry as a whole throughout this? Because we're all in the same boat as vendors, but you guys specifically as DMCs. Talk a little bit about that.
1: In the middle of the pandemic, I would say maybe July or August, I kind of had this thought that I need to reach out to all my DMC partners and we need to have a Zoom call and figure out what's going on in each other's worlds never before have we ever come together as a DMC community because we're very competitive against each other. We don't talk to each other. We're not friendly with each other. And I do have a lot of friends who are in other DMCs. But on the whole, DMCs, it's a very dog-eat-dog world. Well, of course. You don't want them to get your contacts. You don't want... Right. Yeah, I get it. So we've never really come together before. And so we came together this year. To create the DMC Coalition, Paul, who is the general counsel for 360 Destination, he put this coalition together. At this point, it is, I don't know how many DMCs are a part of it now, a lot, around the entire United States, and it's now branched to international. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's now become an organization of all DMCs to come together and fight for our world. And fight for reform for DMCs and whatever we can try to get to save us. That's kind of what this coalition is doing. And so Paul has been really, really great at putting this organization together. And at this stage, it has now become a membership-driven organization, and it's going to keep moving forward in that direction. And it's going to basically put practices and plays together for contracts that DMCs can now use to their benefit. And like I mentioned before, the whole billable hours, quote unquote, type of situation and how are we going to build time and stuff like that. So that's what has become this past summer. That's basically the organization. And we had Stacey Ann on because we wanted to get an inside perspective from the planner side of what things are looking like. And that was July and August. And things have certainly changed since then.
2: And it was crazy because I remember then we were talking about, when are you planning events? When are you going to be back? And I'm like, well, you know, we have one event planned for September and we have another one in November. And we also have our sales meeting that we do in October. And it was like, I look back at that and I'm like, where were we? Were we all here listening to the same thing? I feel like it was like either a strong denial or just highly optimistic. I don't know which one it was. Strong denial. I'm going to go with the denial because, I mean, we were just kind of like, it's all right. Denial is not just the river in Egypt. Oh, my God. God. Throw it all away.
1: (laughs) But we as an industry, we were hopeful. Oh, please. I was hopeful for Q1 of 2021. And three programs have now, one is canceled and two have postponed into 2022. And I was really hopeful that these programs were happening and just not looking that way. Listen,
2: I just had to cancel a program in Napa for May. (laughs) I was big mad about that. Like I was so happy to uh, actually be going there and doing something. No one got away from this. Even if you were able to keep a job, it looks very different than what you were doing before. Mm -hmm. On the fly, we went from canceling events to doing virtual events. And yeah, we all had some experience of doing something virtually, but where we are now is not what we were doing before. So I mean, you become a student real quick again. I will say
1: that one positive thing to note while our industry has been just decimated, my clients tech, finance they're moving at the speed of light. They're all work from home, their businesses have not stopped. So the good thing is, when things are able to come back, I feel that our clients are going to just want to hit the ground running and really get things moving, because my brother, for example, he works for a company called Avaya, big tech company, huge company. He was their number one, their top salesperson in the company this year, like exceeded his sales goal by 275%. Wow. They were offering contact tracing way before this was even a thing. And he happened to have a client reach out and says, I want your contact tracing software when he sold it. And companies like that are just raking in cash right now. Those are our clients, you know, the big incentive programs. They want to award their top salespeople from 2020 with their incentive programs. And so I believe that once things calm down and and life goes back to quote-unquote normal, that they're going to hit the ground running.
0: Oh, yeah. We were just recording for another big company yesterday. Right before they come in, the meeting planner and everything is like, hey, we have our CEO, his name, blah, blah, blah. He's going to come in. He has to have Diet Cokes. They need to be the small Diet Cokes, and they need to be in the glass bottles at this temperature. swear to God, He's a germaphobe, so make sure there's nobody in the room with him. You can have the camera person, Patrick, if he's okay with you being the stage manager in the room, you can be in there. They, like, really talk this guy up, and they're like, he's very proper and whatever. This mofo comes walking in, <laughs> right? Has his own Diet Coke in a plastic bottle, mind you. uh uh-uh. Regular size. uh uh-uh. And we have a whole fridge of Diet Cokes with these mini bottles that we scrambled to find that's still at the office. And then he comes in, and then he comes up, and he starts fist bumping everybody. I'm like, isn't this supposed to be the germaphobe dude? Like, what? And then he gets on stage, and it's their sales kickoff, and he's like, "We're gonna blow this shit out of the water." <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, "Sorry guys, that we weren't able to do our sales kickoff for for 2020, but I promise we're gonna make it up to you guys in 2021. I'm making this commitment to you right now. It's here. It's on recording. You guys can play this back next year. Next year, if we're able to do something in person." We're going to take this year's budget and next year's budget and merge them together. That's so my company is. And amazing. we're going to throw the biggest, most badass sales meeting you've ever seen. I'm, I'm sorry number. for my language, people, but this was this guy's language. The medium planner was standing next to me. And the camera lady in the room, and we're all like looking at each other, like every time. I mean, he's just dropping f bombs like like crazy. That Diet Coke, but we're like, what is going Ooh, on, oh, man? In that Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah, he was he was like DC for life. <laughs> That's what he said <laughs> to me. I'm sorry I was like, like, I... like hey, I am a Pepsi Zero guy, and he's
1: like DC for life. Oh, I'm a big Diet Coke guy, and if Sam <laughs> Simon's listening, it sounds like when you hire Sam Simon, his his writer is yes. is as long as a CVS receipt. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> love Sam's sam, if sam is listening sam we love you to death but yes
0: that is absolutely true sam with those diecos. but sam you need to get on this guy's level glass bottles but not the ones that everybody can find oh like,
2: encourage the, the little ones the little glass bottles oh, which
0: i didn't even know existed they exist in mexico
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: exactly
0: where i see them I'm sorry, guys. Back from this commercial I lost the point. Back to the point about we're all expecting them to blow their budget. Everybody at my company, we're all saying the same thing. And from the agency partners that we have and a lot of our planning friends, that seems to be the story. Everybody's saying, hey, when things do come back and we're allowed to have events because our industries have not been affected by this, we're going to come back and we're going to go strong and hard because our people are going to expect it and want to get out there
1: it's not so much the vaccine as it is when is the government and the CDC going to release their restrictions on in-person events. And I think that is going to be our weighing factor. That's going to be the last piece of the puzzle is the CDC releasing our guidelines.
2: Yeah, because I know my company is ready.
1: Woo! So Advantage has partnered with a company and we now offer on-site rapid COVID tests. I just sold it to this March program. They were all over it. And basically what will happen is before you can get your attendee badge, you have to go to a separate room and get a rapid COVID test. And the ones that we're providing, it's a finger prick blood sample, which means it's 98% effective. The nose swabs are only 80-something percent effective in giving a true answer. And so the company that they're working with, they're all licensed medical epidemiologists, professionals who are there facilitating this. So it's all done in a very safe and strict manner. but. It will give relief to people wanting to come in for large in-person events. And so before you get this attendee badge, you got to go get your test. And if it comes back negative, then you get a color-coded sticker that goes on your badge that you wear for the rest of the program. So that's something we're pushing really, really hard right now.
2: How long is the results for the rapid test? How long do you have to wait? Less than 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Shut your face.
1: Like almost instantly, they'll put it in a computer system and it reads the blood and it tells
2: you immediately. I had no idea they had fingerprint tests. I'm actually interested in this, Mark,
0: so we'll, we'll have to connect offline. This is a pretty cool thing.
2: Really cool. Part of my reason for locking myself into my room is that damn Q-tip yep. is all I need to know that I don't want to go outside because that thing touches your brain. Ugh. I've done it a couple of times. Have they changed it now so that it's not as long? No, they
1: still jam it to the back of your your eyeball. And Ugh. so I went to the Connect conference this past year because I, I needed to know what the industry was saying. I needed to see clients. I needed to just get information. And so we went. When I came back from the Connect conference, I was feeling a little run down. And I'm like, oh my God. And I was really safe there. I didn't go to any of the social events. I went to my hosted buyer appointments and that was it i went to dinner with a client or two that i you know i know them and but that was it yeah. I, I left and i came back feeling a little sick and i was like oh my god this is it i got covid from this conference so i went and paid 150 bucks for the 15 minute rapid test and they jammed that thing into my nose and i'm like it was awful oh. Oh. that was enough to not want <laughs> to do it again oh my oh, no god
2: yep. did he come back negative
1: yeah, yeah, I was negative. I mean, can you
2: finish the story? God. <laughs> Leaving you I mean, on a cliffhanger. I'm like what, <laughs> what? No,
1: I, I was just being a hypochondriac, you yeah. know, all, all year. Any little tickle I get in my throat or I usually am like a little sniffly, like that's just my sinuses, but I go into a spiral thinking I've contracted COVID. And I have an 80-year-old grandmother who I see on a regular basis, and she's she's not sick. She's mentally like sharp. And she moves around and
2: God forbid,
1: you know, like, yeah, you don't want to be the thing.
2: No, much like you. I was not there for the play play. We spoke at the conference open night. He went out and he did the social and I'm like, I'm going to go downstairs, get me a bottle of wine call the day.
0: Listen, people, I went to the social for you guys, for you listeners so that I could come back and report about the social events. <laughs> Cause it
2: wasn't going to be me. Not me. Not today. <laughs> okay. Mark after connect.
0: Did you ever receive any notifications about outbreaks at the conference? Because I did hear about outbreaks from this conference.
1: I got an email maybe a couple of weeks after saying that a couple of people tested positive. And of course, you know, the crazy train I am, I go into a downward spiral. Like, oh my God, oh my God. So then I go get another test just to calm myself. There were a number of people in large groups. I get there. And first of all, this conference was supposed to be in Vegas. I was so excited to go to Vegas. I just, I wanted to go and I just wanted to like leave Florida. Yeah. I wanted to leave Florida. I wasn't there for shows or anything. I just wanted to go and have a nice dinner and, and whatever. And then Vegas says it's too many people. We can't do it. So then Orlando steps up and I'm like, I don't want to go to Orlando, but here we are.
0: Shout out to our sponsor of the week, Visit Orlando.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Because I'm a member of Visit Orlando. (laughs) (laughs) So that night, you know, in a normal world conference, we're all in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Eating and hugging and kissing and hey. And the bar was packed. Oh it was packed. Oh. Nobody was wearing masks.
2: Oh no. Oh hell no.
1: And I was really freaked out. My parents had come to have dinner with me that night cuz they're in Tampa so they drove over and we're sitting at one of the cocktail tables right outside the bar and I'm like we need to just kind of move. Truly I was getting a little freaked out. Yeah. And so after I got that email, I was not surprised. Having seen the activity
2: that was happening, I wasn't surprised in the least. MPI I will tell you was not like that at all. No. If you dropped your mask No. oh if you dropped your mask you were told that you dropped your mask there was no bar nights there was none of that even the events they had like they had rendezvous right i wasn't going to go to rendezvous but patrick was like oh it's at uh, something cactus yeah the glass cactus the glass cactus and it's outdoor so we went there and i mean this venue usually fits like a couple thousand people there and it was like maybe two three hundred people maybe but what's nice is we went and we sat outside and there was like no one out there. So you had your own seating area. Everyone was masked up and there was no one. So I was like, okay, I'm okay in this atmosphere, but like people were on the dance floor dancing and I wasn't there yet. Yeah. I couldn't do that.
1: I think that as a conference organizer, from a DMC standpoint, there needs to be a little bit more of strict protocol if we are going to have these large conferences. And I am all for having the conference. Mm -hmm. But I think that these large gatherings right now just can't take place. And if you are going to have a conference in this current situation, by all means, do it and attend. And call Mark Kaplan. And call me. (laughs) Call me. Yeah. M Kaplan at (laughs) advantagegms.com.
2: We'll put it in the show notes.
1: That's right. So I think that it was... More so the hotel's responsibility. I'm sorry, but we're not going to open the bar. Right. But the hotel in my eyes was being a little bit greedy. And I'm going to say it that way. Because of course, they're like, this is a conference hotel. They have no business. They're dying for the money. So I get it. I I understand it. But from a safety standpoint, that bar should never have been open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you want to go off to a restaurant and have dinner with your colleagues and friends, that's all you. Go do that. Because I did it but there should not have been the lobby bar open like it was. Because now you're putting hundreds of people at risk. And sure enough, multiple people contracted COVID.
2: Of course. So we talked a lot about everything, but what do you want to leave people with in terms of events, thoughts, DMC for 2021?
1: I want people to know, number one, that they're not alone. We are all in this together. Everybody's feeling the same thing. But I also, I think it's important that our clients, meeting planners, feel comfortable that us as DMCs have new policies and procedures in place to protect your attendees, your guests, you, and your C-levels. Don't be afraid to start putting things in motion. Even if it's at the second half of the year, trust us that we have your best interest in mind and that that we're doing everything we can to make sure that these programs happen safely. Well said.
2: This year is the year that I'm leaning more on my partners and my vendors and I have to work with my DMCs because I fully acknowledge that there's a lot of learning that I need to do now in this new environment. And I'm not going to be able to go at this by myself. Whereas with previous years, I might be able to say, oh, yeah, I can do it. And maybe I only need to do it for restaurants or maybe for rentals, I think I'm going to be partnering a lot more. So I guess my thing to add to what you're saying is for our listeners, acknowledge that there's learning to be done. Acknowledge that you do have a support group around you. I'm assuming our listeners have been executing events for a while, or even if you're new in the industry, know that, like Mark said, you're not alone. And there is a team out there who are just as anxious to get back out there as you are. And so they will help you navigate these new channels that we have. Right. And remember that while we are
1: undergoing these new policy and procedure guidelines and we're creating these new manuals, it is still a create as you go situation. And it's going to take a couple of programs to figure out what's working and what's not working. But on the whole... And in the general sense, we're pretty confident in our abilities to produce a safe event right now. And I think DMCs are going to be instrumental
0: in people doing that when things do start to open back up. Because like you said, I mean, you have those relationships in place and like the furniture vendors and you're knowing what vendors locally are starting to provide the glass shield. Plexiglass. plexi, and maybe some barriers. I think you guys are
2: going to be more important than ever. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Mark. Well, thank you. Hey, Mark. We still have one segment that we're going to ask you to stay on for. It's paprika. Okay. You know paprika. Yeah. You know paprika, right? No. (laughs) I mean, the spice, the spice of life.
1: (laughs) Not
0: so much. No. This is our segment about nothing. (laughs) Because paprika is the seasoning that really doesn't do much.
1: (laughs) I could not agree with that more. I mean... (laughs)
0: It doesn't have to be industry-related. It could be, hey, an iguana just walked across my foot. <laughs> it could be that you just bought a house. It could be whatever. It could be that your favorite color is blue, whatever.
2: Yeah, what's your house scheme color going to be? Ooh.
1: Oh, so? So our condo in Miami is very, you know, it's modern. It's not gauche. It's modern. <laughs> now the house we're moving into is very traditional. Wood floors, what have you. So we're having to go on a whole different route. She has very dark rust type of color palettes in the house. So we're going all like neutrals. We're going lights. We're going grays. We're going,
2: we're lightening things up in there. I am in this because I've never really actually decorated my house. I know that sounds horrible, but I haven't. I have some things going on, but I have a very gray palette with like pops of gold and jewel tones. That's what I'm going for.
1: Oh, nice. A lot of our furniture is, is pottery barn style. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of where we're going to head to. But listen, nobody's coming in my house until that house is finished. Like, that is our rule. We are not entertaining until that house is done.
2: I just oh, said no.
1: <laughs> Mark, I was going to head over there in, you know, just a
0: few minutes.
2: <laughs> Wait, how far are you from Mark now? Closer. I don't Closer. know, like
1: 15 minutes yeah. now.
2: So when I come down there, you're saying if your house isn't ready, I can't even come over?
1: Well, by the time you come back, it'll be worlds of doggy. You're really not lying,
2: <laughs> but in one month we
1: have to have the house completed. Otherwise, we can't live in harmony.
2: It's one o'clock. It's one o'clock, damn it!
1: You're <laughs> me what time it is? Oh my god! I was like, I was
0: like, where did that voice just come it's from? It's one o'clock.
1: Here's my words of wisdom for everybody who's okay, buying. Okay,
0: we're ready. We're ready.
1: Anybody who buys a new house, make sure you sage the house before you move in. Yes, oh. you got. To, I learned, absolutely. Everybody's telling me that you got to sage the house, but when you sage the house, you got to make sure that you open up a door or a window so that so the energy they can is actually in, leave. In Otherwise, you just got energy swirling around in there. I'm not sure what's going on right now.
2: So you got to sage your house to get all the good energy in and all the bad energy out. And so, like, I have like on my fireplace, I have all my crystals and my sage and everything, and I sage the house, and I actually. I'm going to add, this is going to be my part of my paprika going with houses, never start the new year in a dirty house. And so Mm. I am cleaning my house and well, I got the cleaners coming because I, so they will be cleaning the house, but (laughs) I am also going to do my yearly sage during that time to open up all the windows and get all the bad juju out. The evil 2020 out. Is this a thing that I just don't know about? Yes. Just like black-eyed oh beans and collard greens for New Year's is a thing for New Year's. Yeah, that's right. I definitely know that
0: one, but I never heard of the sage thing. I'll have to research.
2: You need to research it. Have that you and- not saged your house?
0: No, I probably got some demon. I, I, I mean, I'm Catholic, so maybe we had an exorcism. I don't know.
1: <laughs> you need you need to exorcise those demons. <laughs> <laughs> and if my housekeeper is listening, I'm really sorry that. <laughs> People are surprised when you see what you have to clean now because we're going from a two-bedroom condo to a three-bedroom two-story house. So please don't, please don't hate me. Oh God, she's about to show up in two days to clean this house. Oh my
2: goodness, (laughs) what is going on right now? Oh, what's your paprika, Patrick? The fact that you didn't know that you need to sage your house and open Uh, windows.
1: uh, I sage on Amazon, but make sure it's California.
2: Apparently, wait, what?
1: everything that read said it needs to be the California white sage. I'll send you the Amazon link. They said that's the best sage to use. <laughs>
0: oh and they're literally like looking it up right now. People. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So my paprika, thank you, Mark, for that excellent paprika about sage that I have no. I still don't know what the hell you guys are talking about, but my paprika, my paprika is okay. People, we can get together. Just not together together. Because listen what I'm doing. We're recording this before Christmas, so we're, we have some Christmas virtual get-togethers with some family members that Paige, the kids, and I are going to be doing. We're doing like a gingerbread contest virtually oh, with the fans.
2: <laughs> so- <laughs> I'm turning the front porch lights on. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Go ahead. I don't
0: know what the hell you guys are talking about. <laughs> so anyway, we're doing that. But we are actually play if the weather's good here at our house. We're going to have a little New Year's Eve get together because we do one annually for our friends. And it's a small group. But we're going to do a poolside masquerade party oh. outside. And so we're going to have, you know, a few little games here and there for people to do. You wear your mask, but you can distance and have a little fire pit outside. So we're going to do that and just have, I don't know, like six people over.
1: I don't really recall seeing my invite in the mail. Maybe <sighs> I didn't check the mail yet. Wow.
0: Mark, do you remember where my invite for that DMC event was? I, I, maybe, it's, so in there, Holy, maybe it's in the same place. Maybe it's <laughs> in the same place over here. <laughs> I feel like
2: I'm in the middle of something. So. It's really nice anyway, there, so
0: so days. that's what we're doing. So think about creative ways, because I know some of you guys out there have mentioned that, you know, you're kind of down by not being able to see people. But I know. I usually do a pizza party. Think of creative ways. Creative ways to see people. You have that pizza oven outside. You could always yeah, have you maybe some of, of your... Yeah. Maybe you could have your neighbors come by and you guys could
2: be right. outside and, you know, have your mask on. This is too cold here, though. Like, but um. I usually do that and I will usually be outside doing my pizza and have everyone inside in the kitchen do you, you guys have chilling? a garage you guys have a garage yeah well yeah can't you just
0: have the in the garage and be like hey here's the pizza, pizza now, now, like,
1: now go. Like legit.
0: yeah her pizza
2: has been this very legit i love my pizza oven. it
1: it's inspired me i told christian that once we're done we're we're, we're yeah. gonna do some construction in the backyard and i build a summer kitchen and I
2: want a pizza oven like that in our summer kitchen. Oh my God. I highly encourage it. I love how you're
0: saying a summer kitchen, Mark with the one thing that you're going to find is it's not a summer kitchen. It's a winter kitchen that you use like a summer kitchen because in the summer, you're not going to want to be outside, but in the winter, you're going to love being outside. Like right now I'm outside every single day.
1: I'm sitting outside right now and it is 70 it degrees is gorgeous and out. the sun is shining and it's it fine. I'm sorry. What te- what's the
2: temperature?
1: I think it's 70 degrees. Yeah. I can't stand you guys. The high was like 72 today. Hold on. Let me tell you exactly. It is in Plantation, Florida, 68 degrees and sunny. Oh, no, it's freezing.
2: (laughs) It is 30 degrees right now, going up to (laughs) a high of 38. Oh, no. No, thank you. I didn't know it got that cold in Nevada. Yeah. Yeah, sure does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Snow and everything.
0: It's 69 here in Oakland Park.
1: Well, you know, Stacey Ann, for everybody listening, I've got my real estate license. And if anybody wants to buy or sell a house, call me do it as a hobby
2: (laughs) (laughs) only in florida only in florida but i'm thinking you should buy a winter condo i was gonna say i should buy a tiny home i could not make a tiny home crazy listen every time i see those tiny homes and i see that little bucket they have to go in in the bathroom what what bucket the tiny homes like you know what i'm talking about like they're like this home is 123 square feet and i'm like yeah i know i know the tiny home that's the size of the bathroom my house right. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, I'm not for that life. Thanks everybody for
0: joining us for another for awesome episode.
2: Thank you, Mark. Thanks guys. Thanks everyone. Thanks for joining us. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Happy, happy Kwanzaa. Happy Merry Christmas. Happy New, happy New Year. 2020 out. We'll be back for Chinese New Year. 2020 out. Bye. Bye Patrick. Bye. Episode produced by Patrick Brochu and CCN Banhorn Doria, sound editing by Rocky Doria, and song by Dr. Delight.
0: They like the long hair wiener dogs. We, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. That's it. And see. <laughs> okay.